Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. So ask yourself this question, what gap in the marketplace exists that you can fill? You are going to love this episode today because I have on rocking the mic with me, Marcelo Zalesti, who is a pioneer in the trade show industry. He is the CEO and co-founder of CNTV, and he's going to share his fascinating story about how the gap that he found and filled, and you're going to learn so many lessons. So let's not waste any more time. Hey, 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 welcome back to campus here at Trade Show University, the podcast for virtual and live events. Really excited again to have you back here. My name is Jim Cermak. I am the host here at Trade Show U. And today, oh my gosh, another amazing guest who is going to fascinate you, just fascinate you with the history, his story and so many lessons learned. You're going to be probably smiling throughout as, as you listen to his story. So before we dive into his story, I've got two things for you. Number one, have you signed up for our contest yet? This is the No Resolutions Contest. What I need you to do, get over to tradeshowu.biz slash challenge. That's tradeshowu.biz slash challenge. And let me know what is going to be your plan, your brand for 2021. Just go over there, answer that question, and I am going to put you in the drawing. I've got a lot of great prizes. Go over there, check that out. We've got gift cards. We've got Yeti sport bottles, business books, all sorts of great stuff. Just go over there. Tell me what is your plans for 2021. So just leave me a couple sentences and we'll put you in the drawing for that. So that's number one. So get over there, uh, tradeshowu.biz slash challenge. And secondly, we're going to take a quick time out before we dive into our interview for a word from our sponsor. Today's sponsor is Audible. I'm sure you've heard about Audible. They have the most amazing selection of audiobooks. You know what? As a business person, I love listening to podcasts, and I trust you do too because you're listening to one right now. You know, but I learn so, so much. But when I really want to dive into a topic, there's no better way than a book. But I find one of the best ways to make the time is by listening in the car, at the gym, when I'm out for a run, doing yard work. There's so many ways that I can absorb a book. And there's so many incredible business books to choose from. I want to give you a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial. Just visit audibletrial.com slash tradeshowu. That's audibletrial.com slash tradeshowu and get a free audiobook. No cost, no strings, free audiobook and free 30-day trial. So get over to audibletrial.com slash tradeshowu. Get over there now and grab that free audiobook. 
So welcome back, everybody. Really, really excited to have you here today. We are going to be talking with a guest who is a pioneer, one of the pioneers in the uh, in the industry for trade show media. And his company, even if you've never heard of his company, you have probably experienced it or seen it at one of many shows over the over the years. So my guest today, Marcelo Zalesi, is the CEO and co-founder of CNTV, which creates, distributes, and markets TV-style content for professional organizations and face-to-face meetings. His objective is to continue to grow CNTV while finding a work-life balance and giving talented people a unique opportunity to make a positive impact in the world through educational videos CNTV creates through their partners. Marcelo is also concentrating on business development and implementation of CNTV services, including helping associations generate revenue, enhancing the attendee experience, and extending the association's message year-round. Marcelo, welcome to Trade Show University. Say hello to all the trade show and event warriors out there. Hello, trade show and event warriors. It's a pleasure to to be on today. Oh my gosh, it, it is the pleasure is all mine, Marcelo. I I want to, if we could go back to go back to the beginning of uh, CNTV, and and tell us how it got started and why the trade show focus. Sure. Um, I don't know how far back you want me to go, but I'll go um, as far as back as when I, I had the the realization that uh, technology costs and the internet would lead to the opportunity for just a tremendous amount of content to be developed at um, a fair, reasonable price point. Um, So I was working at the Golf Channel. I walked into the Master Control and um, I should preface with, at the time, I thought golf was maybe one of the boringest things to watch on TV. Now I'm actually a big fan of watching golf. Um, but at the time, I just had no idea about the, um, the amount of interest in golf. So I was logging tapes in the back room for four hours a day. And one day they just said, hey, you need to deliver this tape to somebody in the master control room. I walked in, was just overwhelmed by the amount of monitors who essentially each hole has a handful of cameras during a, a major golf tournament production. Um, and each camera output basically has a little TV screen so people can see the output of each camera. So I just thought, wow, this is amazing how, how much um, interest there is in golf globally, you know, and obviously the golf channel sold a handful of years ago, but it just kind of embedded the thought in my mind that, you know, there is potential here for essentially anybody who has advertisers and viewers to have their own television channel or network and lo and behold around that same time frame you know things like the weather channel popped up uh, the speed network all a slew of different uh, cooking related channels and it's kind of uh, extrapolated from there fast forward a couple of years I met my business partner Carrie Farinak who actually had the opposite skill set that I have in that my skill set was really around the technology. I was what they call a floater when I worked at Fox News, local Fox News in Orlando, uh, where you know it was kind of jack of all trades, master of none situation. <laughs> so I just had a good handle to be, you know, not a master of videography or editing or creating graphics or audio, but I had you know enough to be dangerous, as they say. And my business partner Carrie. She was all about creating content. So anything that the anchors were saying or developing stories, 
that was really her skill set. So when we realized that together we could create television, so to speak, it happened to be at the time when we were working with a publication to produce video content for their website. So um, once we realized kind of that dynamic uh, dual of skill sets, we created at the time it was called Convention News Television. We later shortened it to uh, CNTV for reasons I can explain later if you like. <laughs> but um, yeah, we saw a gap in the marketplace to produce news style content at conventions. We thought, you know, the, this is no, a no brainer because at the time people were really talking about going green and we thought, well, let's replace the print show daily with a video show daily. Um, you know, that's a no brainer that everybody's going to sign up to do that. Lo and behold, we had one great customer in aviation international news. They were flying us around the world to cover business aviation events and, you know, we were kind of in, in hog's heaven, if, if, if you want to say, uh, just couldn't believe our luck that we were doing all this amazing interna international work. We were doing 30 minute broadcasts, just like we would do for our local television news. Uh, but we were broadcasting to essentially the members of the association who were putting on those events. Um, at the time, we didn't realize the uh, power of the association, if you will, we were working directly for a publication that was covering said event. Um, long story shorter, um, there was a, an incident where I believe it was, it was the CEO of General Motors flew the corporate jet from Detroit to DC, asked for billions in bailout money. Uh, the media did not like that. And so what ended up happening is all of our international production was cut off because uh, business aviation was kind of, kind of you know, tainted as, as a bad thing. So anyways, long story short, we, we realized quickly that, you know, if we're going to sustain this business, we need to find more business. So we found a gentleman who was a godsend to us by the name of Bill Peeper. He was the founder of the Orlando Convention and Visitors Bureau. We hired Bill as a consultant. You know, we bought him lunch, told him our, our idea, and he basically helped us focus the concept and said, you know, you should really be, or he said, you know, you should consider um, focusing the, or framing the value proposition to the association space. And I can tell you which associations you should partner with because their members are your customers. So we partnered with PCMA, MPI, IAEE. Um, at one point in time, I think we had 26 different partners. And I think we had more partners than actual customers. <laughs> so <laughs> we started focusing on really selling the, the value proposition to customers. And today, I, I think we have somewhere in the neighborhood, neighborhood of about 120 association customers and call it 10 to 20 corporate customers. Wow, that's an amazing story and, and, and shows the power of partnership, the power of, of bringing different skill sets together and really appreciating those skill sets and others, you know, it's not knowing that, Hey, I don't know everything. And then reaching out to uh, Bill Peeper. Wow. What a, uh, what an amazing find who's, who really took your business into a complete different, uh, different direction and into where you are today. So for show producers, organizers that may not know a lot about what CNTV does, give us some information and examples of what you do at the show. 
for uh, for an association or an organization? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. So one way to think of our service model is that, you know, if you could call um, a CNN or a Fox News or whichever outlet you prefer um, and say, hey, we have this great meeting going on. Can you send a team of journalists to come in and produce coverage of this meeting? Um, that's the caliber of coverage that CNTV can bring to the table wow. because the majority of our um, employees and team members came from a television news background. Um, so we're really journalists. We don't claim to be experts in the in subject matters such as hematology, but we know how to ask all the right questions. And being that we've been doing this for about 13 years in the association space, we know, you know, the, the intricacies of, you know, not things not to ask. Um, one example that um, I, I won't mention the, the customer, but they had hired um, a handful of production companies to come in and do coverage of their large event in Vegas. And um, we were basically doing a rotation where each production company would do an hour program uh, per day. And the, the producer of this production company said, hey, let's show um, how Hall C uh, is basically empty and hall a is basically you know as full as it can be that will be fantastic and we just knew in our gut that that was not going to make the uh, director of exhibit sales happy <laughs> because the last thing they want to hear is that you're promoting that the c hall is empty you know right. and it's just little things like that um you know we always tell our our videographers that if your assignment is to go cover a breakout room and, you know, it's an empty room, well, then don't shoot a wide shot. You know, there's no reason to show that the, that, that particular session wasn't, um, you know, at capacity. And if you just hire somebody off the streets with a video camera, they might just set up in the back of the room and, and do a wide shot. And that can have, you know, a negative connotation to the, the online View, viewing audience. So it's, it's little things like that. But I would say to, to answer the fundamental question, we tell the story for the customers. You know, we're an extension of your uh, communications and marketing team. So some of our customers really engage with us to produce year-round content. We used to say early on that, you know, our goal is to create a web-based television network for associations. And people would just kind of look at us like, what what the hell does that mean? You know, and now I think people get it. You know, it's this, it's, it's what Disney Plus is. You know, you have your framework or a platform that's based on the cloud. And if somebody is willing to pay their member dues, they can click and they can watch content throughout the year, whether it's during the annual meeting or a regional meeting or a webinar or whatever the case may be. So it really is the television news model. Um, kind of plopped into the um, meetings space. I love the analogy because it really that really hits home. The whole Disney Plus, Netflix, it's that it's that uh, framework that you that you're working inside, and then members can go in and and view the appropriate content. That's fantastic. Yeah. And a lesson I want everyone that's listening, a lesson I want you to take away from some of, of what Marcella just said is whether it's video or whatever. If you're hiring an outside firm. Make sure you understand their expertise. That that show organizer that wanted to show Hall C, you get you get XYZ video company, they would have been doing it. But if you have somebody that with the expertise of the industry, 
that knows wait, 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 time out. <laughs> do not, do not show Hall C because that is really going to upset the, you know, the show organizer. So understand that. So make sure you do your due diligence when you're hiring anyone from the outside, make sure it's a good fit. I've seen so many companies that have spent good money on services and vendors and, and just regretted it afterwards because it just ended up not being the best fit. So thanks for sharing that. That's, that's really good. Uh-huh. And, and that, that kind of leads me to, they started uh, saying, you know, some of the things that people did wrong. What are some uh, common mistakes that you see that companies or organizers do with video? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. So, you know, I think one of the, the biggest um, mistakes, and it's a little bit counterintuitive, is, you know, it is challenging to um, get an accurate estimate of what video production is going to cost and then measure the value once the video is produced. Um, you know, we often say to our, our prospects that if they haven't engaged in producing video content, that it's fundamental that they do so because that's how people like to take in new content and in media, right? Um, Sadly, the numbers point to, you know, people aren't reading as much as maybe they they used to, or maybe it wasn't an an option. But um, either way, I think people need to be aware that when somebody sees the video of your event, that's a reflection of your brand. And because that content can go digital or, or viral, you know, you don't want to tarnish your brand by having a horribly produced video. If it's bad sound, if it's, you know, bad video, if the interview subject just didn't really connect with the audience, you know, those are all a reflection of your brand. So I think it's important to have uh, a partner and go into the video production um, partnership and really think of it as an extension of your um, communications um, and, and marketing function, not just a one-off, Hey, you know, I need a videographer to come in and get, you know, nice B-roll and then a couple testimonials. Um, that's just not enough in this day and age. Absolutely. Absolutely. Make sure you know what you're getting. And uh, as you were talking, a, an example popped into my head, uh, had, a, uh, a customer that had hired a video company, they were doing an outdoor event. And when they got the final edits back, there was so much wind noise coming through the microphone. I mean, you could barely hear what was going on because of all the, <laughs> That's, as we know, we, I'm sure we've all heard, uh, heard that. Uh, going through the microphone. So yeah, make sure you understand everything. I wanted to mention something uh, else to add to that as well, if you don't mind, Jim, and that a lot of, um, you know, our our prospects um, and customers, it it takes a while to really understand um, the power of having your own television network as it pertains to the revenue generation, right? So the way that works is again, it's the TV news model where, you know, if you watch your local television news, your advertisers are typically attorneys or grocery stores or car dealerships or whatever it might be in your neck of the woods. In our situation, the advertisers are the exhibiting companies, right? And, and it's as simple as, as, as finding the appropriate exhibiting company who wants to have that additional brand recognition and then framing it in such a way that it's beyond the annual meeting in the case of an association anyways, because 
you know, we, we've helped our customers set up deals where they have um, an exhibitor who gets year round brand recognition. So now that gives us the ability to have production throughout the year. And not only that, it's a new way to generate revenue for our customer. So I think oftentimes people don't um, consider the fact that we do now, especially in this um, COVID environment with virtual and hybrid, hopefully starting up soon, um, you know, you can, you can reach out to your exhibiting companies and it doesn't have to be the only the biggest exhibiting companies. There are strategies to market and to give additional value through video and content throughout the year, again, to all the exhibitors, you know, it doesn't have to be this huge six figure price point. It can be, you know, very short type of commercials or even just brand messaging within breakout sessions and, and things of that nature. So as you mentioned, you mentioned hybrid events and uh, that is where I know that that term came up several months ago as we thought that we would be past this pandemic by now. You know, we, everyone had those great hopes of, oh, in a couple months, you know, when all the spring shows got canceled, they all rescheduled in the fall. <laughs> and then, and then of course, all the fall and winter shows got canceled as well. And, and, and so now we're, we're hoping for that moment when we can get back to these live events safely. But talk about hybrid. Let's talk about hybrid because that is something that I, I believe myself that is a huge part of our future with, with, uh, with events. And, and I know I've talked to a lot of other people that feel the same way from your standpoint, tell us why, why hybrid is so, so key for future growth and what should, what should exhibitors and show producers when they're thinking about video, what should they be thinking about differently when you're, they're considering a hybrid event? I know I packed a lot into that, so yeah. so unpack well, it as, as best you can. You know, interestingly, we at CNTV we were producing hybrid content well before COVID hit. It was just that it wasn't necessarily being fed into a particular platform. So typically, it would be you know a Facebook Live or our customers' actual website where we would set up a news desk and simply have a way to reach the audience that couldn't make it to that event. Um, you know, in, in the, the, anal the analytics show, you know, you can tell where people are watching and it's just amazing to me. If, if you do a, a good job of marketing um, to your audience or your potential audience, you know, the, the world is pretty flat now with, with technology. So if you have rich content and you have quality production, people are going to tune in and people are, are willing to pay for it. Um, you know, I read the other day that a lot of associations sadly did not charge for their virtual content where, you know, I think members and, and people who are interested in that content, as long as the content is good, they're, they're happy to, to pay for it. it. It does have value and it does extend the life and reach of your event. So, you know, before, um, COVID, we were uh, trying to convince a handful of customers that, hey, let us produce some hybrid content for you because we believe that you're going to reach 
a bigger audience. Um, and now the analytics are showing that. So again, I, I think it's about the content being valid to the like-minded people who, who are going to tune in and the ability to give those people the option to chat or now do a video chat within the platform. Uh, I mean, I think that's a game changer. I don't see that going anywhere anytime soon because, you know, if the hybrid event is valuable enough that you decide that you want to go to the physical event, then that's a great thing for show organizers. But I, I also understand the fear and the, the reason why many show organizers didn't want to make the, the hybrid events that, you know, great <laughs> because they don't want to cannibalize physical attendance. Um, COVID has fast forwarded what I think was go going to happen over the next five to 10 years in that every event would have a hybrid component. Now, when you say hybrid, you know, there's there's a lot of variables within that language, but I think ultimately it's about uh, connecting the buyers and the sellers from the exhibit floor standpoint, and then having quality education from an association standpoint. So I think hybrid is, is a great tool. And I, I think if it's used correctly, again, it adds tremendous value. Yeah, it's all about the connections, right? I mean, that's a, and that's where video plays a powerful play uh, is a powerful tool for events to be able to make those connections, especially uh, for people that are not being able to attend. But with the hybrid, it's it's not just using it's not just using static video content, but it's also creating that two way communication uh, and, and way to get those conversations going. I had to emphasize one of the points that you made about uh, seeing that the numbers are playing out what uh, what we're uh, that it's getting greater opportunities. I had a conversation with a smaller regional event organizer recently, and he said he would normally get five to seven hundred people at a small regional event. And then they went virtual and he said he was, you know, very, very hesitant to do it. Had his sponsors kind of back out saying, ah, maybe next time, you know, we're not sure, you know, you know, we really want to make sure we get in front of the audience and we don't know who's going to tune in. And he had over 2000 people tuning wow. in and he said, but it was not regional. He goes, I had people across the globe just happened to be in the same industry that we're right. tuning in. He goes, they never would have hopped on a plane for eight hours to attend a half day event, <laughs> but they'll jump on their computer. And now the, you know, what those sponsors possibly missed out on. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's a, uh, it's, it's powerful to, to think what can happen as we start to really expand the, uh, the reach mm -hmm. of these events. But like you had pointed out, the connections have to be there. They've got to be able to be made because that's the, that's the magic of the live event is being right next to someone sitting and eating at lunch and having that moment of being able to connect for in some way. Uh, and that doesn't happen right now in, in our, in a virtual space. But it can. I mean, that's something that I know we'll get to. And we're, we're seeing little glimpses of, of it right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the point is to, to think beyond today and let's consider, you know, five, 10 years from now when uh, people like my 14 year old son, you know, I've, I've actually asked him the question, why don't you go outside and play with your friends? We live in Orlando. It's, it's a beautiful day. And he says, while he's on his computer, I am playing with my friends and I can play with more of my friends on the computer and have more fun because, you know, we're playing in this virtual game and, you know, they're all um, super engaged in the game. 
Um, so until I heard him say that, you know, it, it didn't dawn on me that that is their reality, you know, is that they feel tremendously engaged. They feel like they're networking and they're having fun. So, um, you know, I think that speaks volumes to the, the challenge that show organizers are going to have to convince the younger audience that, hey, if you come to this event, it's going to be an amazing experience. You know, that's, that's I think, the next challenge past COVID is really focusing on the next handful of generations and getting them excited to go to conventions because they're going to be more accustomed to the virtual aspect than, you know, people who, who haven't grown up in the virtual uh, environment, so to speak. Yeah, we we may be walking through a show floor or sitting in a keynote with everyone wearing a VR headset. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. interacting in some form or another. That's uh, it's 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 going to be amazing as this unfolds to see really how everything happens. Marcel, as we we wrap up our conversation here today, you know what what are some of the key takeaways? Some of the things that you would like producers, organizers, or even exhibitors to really understand and how they can do and utilize video better. Sure. I mean, I think, again, you know, it's about the, the value of, of the content. You know, people expect uh, video to look and sound good and, and be entertaining at the same time. Um, you know, I think from an exhibiting standpoint, especially now in the virtual environment, you have to have a video that connects with your buyer within, I would say, 30 seconds. I mean, that's what people who watch um, television, even though the, the stream might be uh, web-based television, um, they are expected to watch commercials, you know, in a minute and a half, you see typically three 30-second commercials. Um, you have to have content that attracts your prospect and your buyer in that short of a, of a window. And then hopefully they see that video and then they connect with you over a video chat or directly through email or phone or whatever the case might be. But I would say to, you know, exhibiting companies focus on getting a, a well-produced video that connects quickly to your buyer. Um, as far as show management, you know, I would say focus on, creating events that actually are connecting the buyer and the seller. And, you know, I think we've all seen that the traffic in the booths virtually is not as good as we had hoped. So there are some strategies around there. One being let's create some custom content that is in the, the breakout rooms. If there is education at the event so that you can guarantee the exhibitor, you know, you're going to get some brand recognition, hopefully, with a education session that has something to do with the product or service that you're selling. So there are, are creative ways of connecting the, the buyer and the seller. Ultimately, I, I think that's what success looks like for most events. And then obviously from an education side, you know, I, I feel like many um, show organizers, uh, heads of educations for associations um, tend to do a 60 minute presentation just because that's the way we've always, always done it, right? I think it's it's perfectly fine to do a shorter TED Talk style, call it up to 20 minutes and have you know an interactive question and answer session after those 20 minutes and then give people a stretch break, you know, do something that's that's fun and then go back to another 20 minute session. Um, you know, I understand that some groups have to do 
you know, six hour symposia and that's the way they've done it for a hundred years, <laughs> but you can still do that. And the shorter sessions, you know, because it, it, it's a fact that people get tired of sitting in front of their computer or hopefully standing some of the time. Yeah. But yeah, I think that that would be my, my advice to the exhibitor side and the education side. Great advice on both of those. First of all, connect. Make sure you're connecting your attendees and your exhibitors and your sponsors. Make sure as you're planning your whether whether you're doing a simple webinar or you're doing a multi-day event, make sure that you go in thinking about your your attendees and how do I connect them with the exhibitors. And also you made the point of the exhibitors, you know, kind of getting lost right now in the exhibitor hall because people aren't going there and when we have live events we're there because that's where the excitement is where we want right. to go from the right. yeah we want to go to the breakouts we want to go to the workshops but we want to go through there and see everything and see our friends and and all that and so right now virtually that's not happening but but being able to create content that uh, meshes with those uh, those breakouts is just really really key so thank you so much for for those tips that's that's outstanding no, what what is next for CNTV in 2021? Oh, that's a great question. So we have uh, several jobs posted. Uh, we continue to grow. Our, our One of our goals is obviously to always retain our customer base from the previous year and continue to create more content for them and allow them to generate revenue through our service, as I mentioned before in the, the TV advertising model. So we're, we're focusing on really letting people know that we have our own platform. It's called CNTV now. We are excited about that because it gives us full control of the event, so to speak. We can customize it as need be. I, I feel strongly that our, our skill set of both, you know, having the television news background, uh, we're seeing that now the trend went from, hey, we just have to record as many breakout sessions as, as possible and put them into the platform to, hey, we have to record the sessions, but we also need some live content. And we see that the analytics are through the roof for anything that's actually live. People appreciate, you know, a live panel discussion or a live uh, Q&A with the keynote or whatever it might be. And our skill set uh, is complementary to that live production because of our experience in television news. And then just, you know, finding creative ways to, again, connect the buyer and the seller. You know, let's, let's do remote you know, we've done this with a handful of companies where we're, do, we're doing um, tours of their facilities, albeit remote. So we can send a videographer to their facility, do a nice video of their facility, and then show that on the platform, you know, and, and just creative ways of, of producing video that gets people excited to watch it. And then the fact that, you know, you can market those videos as well. They don't have to just be videos from the exhibitor side. It doesn't just have to be for that event. You can use it for your own internal event. Um, one thing that was just um, really exciting for us that happened this year is a lot of our associations uh, exhibiting companies, we worked with them to produce videos and then returned, they came back to us and said, hey, can you produce our corporate annual sales meeting or our corporate nice. meeting? And we thought, wow, this is, of course we can do that with the permission of our customer who introduced us to that exhibitor, of course. But yeah, we have a handful of, of corporate customers now that are, are asking us to produce their annual meeting or regional meeting or what have you. So they're seeing uh, tremendous 
value and being able to do that during these uh, challenging times. Wow, outstanding, outstanding. Congrats on that. So if someone is listening, they say, hey, I'd like to find out more about what CNTV is doing and maybe, you know, maybe they could do something for us. What, what's the best way for them to find out more information and reach out? Sure. So they can email me directly at uh, mzolesi at cntvnow.com. They can go to our website, which is um, cntvnow.com as well. Fantastic. And I will drop uh, all that in the show notes so that anyone, if you're driving or on the treadmill right now, you can uh, just uh, click that show notes button and you have all the contact information. Marcelo, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. And for for bringing so much value, you really, you gave people a lot to consider and a lot to think about as they're moving forward for their 2021 and and beyond shows. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity and look forward to to the next one. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you hope you enjoyed this this talk today and got some great value out of it. And please continue to come back and listen to every single one of these episodes and uh, subscribe wherever you're listening to it. We'll see you next time here on campus at Trade Show University.